Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, everybody, welcome back. It is another edition of the unofficial 40 podcast from Soonerscoop.com. And the gang is all here. A lot of excitement in the air as a lot of things floating out there in the ether in regards to recruiting and even though the NCAA has shut things down, uh, or extended the dead period, I should say, for another month, uh, it doesn't look like that's slowing down the Sooners. We now welcome in uh, Josh McQuiston, Eddie Radosevich, Bob Prisbill. The entire team is here, and uh, I don't know the last time. I know it's been kind of hard on fans, Josh, because there hasn't been a whole lot going on, and other teams have been uh, getting a lot of recruits, but you know, rivals came out with their new rankings. Uh, a lot of five stars out there listed that Oklahoma has a legitimate shot at. Yeah, it, it's been a well-timed week for Oklahoma. I mean, because there are, you know, when I do, and, and I, I did it this week where I kind of broke down all the guys in the, in the whole Rivals 250 and kind of what is their interest level in Oklahoma from very high to low and kind of everywhere in between. And when you look at the top 12, I mean, Oklahoma has a legitimate shot at, three or four guys in that group. I mean, you talk about Mario Williams now at number 12, Bryce Foster at number nine, Kamara Wheaton at number seven, and then you've got Caleb Williams obviously at number three in the whole country. That's that's just a massive haul if you could even find a way to get half of those guys. And I think right now you would argue Oklahoma almost certainly leads for three of them, and Kamara Wheaton's kind of a, a OU has a good a chance as anyone type of situation. And, of course, a lot of buzz out there because of some things that uh, Lincoln Riley has uh, put out uh, and just players and uh, recruits, and it just seems like something big. And and I guess we have to start out by apologizing. We delayed the pod, uh, thinking that maybe something would pop. It didn't develop. Uh, uh, and so, Josh, the fans are ready for your apology now. Yeah, you know, it was <laughs> we started talking about it, what, like an hour before we were going to go to record yesterday. And it was just like, I don't know when some of this stuff's going to happen. And then, of course, I would say within like an hour or two of when we were going to record, like Clayton Smith announces he's got an announcement on Friday. Mario Williams announces he's got an announcement on Friday. We're like, well, uh, okay. So a lot of the things, the pieces we were waiting on to kind of see what might play out, they announced, well, okay, you guys didn't need to wait for anything. But the thing to remember, people, is even as we're recording this, there's a couple other pieces that could still beat Smith and or Williams to the punch. Like there, there is a lot going on that is well known, and there is even more going on that people don't know about yet. You you definitely get the feeling that you know, and we've been talking about this for a couple of months, guys. As far as Oklahoma, when is the bubble going to burst for them? As far as 
the 2021 class goes. And if, if it's not about to burst over the weekend, it damn sure feels like here over the next couple of weeks that uh, once the ball starts get ro- gets rolling, it's going to be, uh, I, I guess in a way, a lot of fun for Oklahoma fans uh, that follow the recruiting world. How, how disappointed are you guys that uh, Mario Williams is not committing at midnight? That, that, was, that he did not type that correctly. It won't be a midnight pledge this evening. Uh, I think a midnight, I think a midnight commitment would probably be grounds for removal of scholarship. But I know that they're not going to probably do that to a newly minted five-star wide receiver and one hell of a baseball player. I know the baseball program would be very excited if he announces for Oklahoma on Friday. I I am on the other way on that. I was way Me for too. it. I thought it would have been a historically like cool thing. Like I and it was just don't, and just it, don't, you almost wanted me to roll with it. it. Just stop yeah, it. Like, <laughs> Friday night at midnight, I'm going to be honest. Thursday night. It would have been a Thursday night because it's midnight. Oh, 12 a.m. Yeah, I got what yeah. you're saying. Yep. Well, even more so, I would have been in sleep. <laughs> See, now I, wa- I want to own something here. I had worked it so hard into my head that it was Friday, and I was thinking Friday at midnight – it would have gotten weird for me because I, I can tell you Friday evenings are when I do my Zoom chat with my buddies and we're all drinking and, you know, just goofing around doing whatever. To then turn around and try to be professional Josh would have been a very interesting thing to watch happen um, because I'm certainly not missing my Zoom chat. So it would have been an interesting time to figure out. But like I said, I, I thought it would have been cool. But at the same time, it, it's better for us as media because and as you know, a site that is subscription driven because there is a lot of interest in what Mario Williams is going to do tomorrow. What I just heard from all that is that would clearly have been Bob's duty because he's the only one that was excited <laughs> about it and and basically didn't crap all over a midnight announcement. <laughs> and we all know Josh would have just been Bob. This is why we hired you. Do it. <laughs> Oh, Bob, you know, I'm always just passing that stuff off to you, Bob. Um, but no, I told it's Tiffany like, yesterday. We, it's, my, it's, it's my free time. When you put the baby down, it, those hours in the night, that's when you can relax and breathe. I would have been more, more than ready for something to pop at midnight. Exactly. 8.30 till whenever it is that I go to yep. sleep each night <laughs> is... That's that's my that's that's dad time. I get to hang out and do whatever the hell I please for a little while. So whether well, it's work or whatever. Well, Josh, uh, you mentioned a couple of other pieces that could still fall even before uh, the people that have announced. And I'm going to go ahead and uh, say that I just saw Lincoln Riley. He's uh, tweeted out Speed D to a pro football focus tweet or something. I, I would say ever since the Roy Manning thing that. That it's kind of been building toward that they are getting ready to do some things defensively on the recruiting side of the ball or on the recruiting I, side. Absolutely. I mean, like, you know, I can offer this and I've, I've te- the board has a little more information. So I don't have to feel too bad about dropping this on the podcast, but for those that aren't members, I have talked, if, if you had me pick the next four commitments, three of them are defense and they are, priority guys guys that oklahoma has been involved with for a long time um not you know guys oh we missed on somebody else so we're going to pick this guy up this isn't december this is may oklahoma is getting primary targets if they're getting players at this point and i i i can say um 
you know, we, we can talk a little bit about Clayton Smith, and I guess this could lead us into it. But the thing that impressed me from the Clayton Smith situation is Jamar Kane has hit the ground running. I mean, like, when I there were some people early on that there was some conversations from Monkel Goodwine where he had told me and some others that he didn't feel like there had really been much of a connection, you know, that, that uh, Kane hadn't really tried to recruit him. I think Monkel Goodwine is probably largely seen as an interior guy from Oklahoma. That That's not really going to be part of Jamar Kane's, um, you know, purview, I guess you would say. So I, I think that is part of that. But when you talk to guys who have dealt with him, I mean, Clayton Smith was a lock to Texas a week ago. I mean, everybody was like, he's going to Texas. He's going to Texas. And for those of and, you curious, the uh, Orange Bloods message board has been melting down the last couple of days over this. Yes. For anyone that wants to, you know, really if you celebrate got an extra those 10 moments. 10 bucks laying around and you just want, you know, to see a Jeff Ketchum will take your meltdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. No, they are. because, uh, and, and I've read some of the conversation on the board because I got tagged in some of it. Um, it is. It's interesting, and, and they're right because a lot of them are saying there haven't been a lot of OU Texas battles lately, and this is one where OU was just firing a shot across their bow because OU, uh, Texas traditionally does not lose players at Texas High. And I know that sounds funny, but it's out in Texarkana. But it's there's Texarkana, Texas High, and there's Texarkana, Arkansas. I mean, there's, there's several yeah. schools, but it's just Texas High in Texarkana. And you go through, I mean, Nathan Vasher, uh, they had a uh, receiver Jones. I'm going to blank out on his first name, but they've had, there's been multiple Texas high guys, and the only one that OU's ever gotten was John Michael McGee. Um, I'm quit, guessing like Clayton Smith hopes practice. his career goes a little differently. Yeah, yeah, that that didn't go great for for John Michael, um, but yeah. So this is this is a big win for OU, and like I said, it's a big first step for Jamar Kane. And it also, I mean, it it's it would be if. If Clayton Smith committed to OU, it would be, like you said, a shot across the bow because, let's face it, Tom Herman has basically replaced his entire staff. Uh, they are, if if the report is true from Anmar Richardson, they are getting ready to get back in the offices and go to work, which, I, you know, to me, that seems like a lot of rah-rah stuff. Like, does it really matter whether it's a dead period and you, you still have to do distant stuff with your kids? Like, whether you're in the off, maybe that they're a new staff, maybe they feel like they need that, but it it does kind it is a little bit of a desperation move too to be like we have to get our staff back on campus. Like you can tell that that they feel the pressure, the fans understand the pressure is there, they're putting the pressure on him. Uh, but this would be a disastrous start to Tom Herman's new, you know, regime there at, at, in in Austin. Yeah, you know, and, and that, I talked to. Oh, go ahead, Eddie. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Josh, and then I'll ask you after uh, after you. Sure, sure. I, I I was just gonna say I talked to a few people, and I am surprised how little like there there is a very real feeling that there's no way Tom Herman gets fired this year, and I think some of it is the COVID stuff that there's just not a lot of money for a buyout, and that makes sense. Like you can kind of wrap your head around that, but like if Texas fires seven and five out, people are like no, he won't get fired, and I that stuns me that that's where it is. But it feels like it would be a lot like the situation uh, USC with Clay Helton this year. That you're like, man, that almost feels like a lame duck just kind of waiting to be given his walking papers. Is it is it more important for Oklahoma and what they're building on the defensive side of the ball right now? Is is that probably the biggest thing to take out of all of what they're doing on the recruiting trail? Or is it 
uh, almost kind of, uh, I guess, associated with it, that they're also getting to take a, a little bit of a shot at Texas. Oh, I think it's you. I mean, I, I think it shows you that there is more belief. Because, I mean, I can remember Bob and I a year ago talking in the pod, like, people, Alex Grinch isn't just going to show up and everybody's going to believe him because he says the defense is going to get better. He's going to have to show it. And they did, and now you're starting to see some of it. You're starting to see guys like, listen, you know, Oklahoma sure didn't go well in the Peach Bowl. There's no way around that. But largely, that defense was vastly improved. I mean, just no just night and day. And you've got Kenneth Murray. You've got Neville Gallimore. I mean, both high, you know, first two-day picks. Um, it, it There is a lot to build on, and I think Oklahoma is doing a really good job of striking while the iron's hot. Now, you've got to get these guys committed, and then you've got to keep them because that's the thing. I, I, I've said it a lot of times about guy, all the guys that are committing elsewhere. It's the same thing's going to be true of Oklahoma. These schools are going to be like, well, just come visit us. Come see us. You, we know you committed back when everything was closed down. Now we're open. Come see us. Just have a look. What can it hurt? You know, and I, I think in, Riley has talked about this a little bit. I think even going back even to – it possibly could have been when they hired Jamar Cain and there was talk about how they were going to turn this thing around and maybe even going back to when uh, Alex Grinch came in and at the kind of his first press conference. But does it feel like for you and Bob, the you know, specifically on the recruiting side, just as far as does it feel like this is what Riley was going through from the 2015 to 2016 as far as being able to go out and show what they have, uh, sell a new product in a way. And, you know, I, I guess what I'm saying is, in a, in a sense, it feels like they finally have gotten rid of some of the dead weight on the defensive side of the ball. The recruiting is matching what it should be, in a way. Is is I, I know that sounds harsh, but that's kind of the way that I read it. The, the one thing that I'll sort of say now is that if OU offers a top kid... What's up? If OU offers a, a top kid on... A, defense i don't really scoff anymore i don't really think like used to be well yeah they can offer them but it's not like they're gonna make a real run at them because there's there's no way that kid's gonna pick ou compared to some of the other big time defensive schools that are out there and they're still not at that elite level to where every single kid is gonna have ou in consideration but it's a heck of a lot better here 12 months later. You can really feel and get a good understanding that when Alex Grant or Roy Manning or something like that makes an offer to a high four-star or something of that nature, and even if they're not from within the region, they stand a fighting chance. They might not always win, but those battles are getting – you're getting from being from in the top ten to being in the top five to the top three. You have another big year on the field – you go from top three to always, you know, being that choice, you know, a lot more consistently. And then you really start seeing the turnaround of the defense. You knew it couldn't happen in year one, but year two, year three, you keep winning those battles. Every, everyone's going to see exactly what they want to see. That says a lot, doesn't it? Well, Eddie, I, you brought, I hadn't really thought of it from that perspective, but you brought up a really good point about Lincoln Riley having, you know, and, uh, or, uh, sorry, to finish the thought, Lincoln Riley having um, to kind of present new ideas in 2015 and 2016. And I, I think we all forget that. And I know, like I said, as I'm saying, I, I kind of forget that as well, 
that even though Oklahoma did have a reputation as an offensive team, they weren't as flashy for those few years there as they had been, and they certainly weren't producing NFL draft picks the way they are now. Look at his first class. at, at Dalton Wood, okay, we got enough said there. And then, like, it's yeah. all peaks and valleys. The receivers yes. are John Humphrey, A.D. Miller, Dahu Green, and D.D. Westbrook. Okay, huge hit on D.D. Westbrook. Got it. Rodney Anderson's your running back. Huge hit. Then on the offensive line, you got Dominique Hearn, Jamal Danley, Quinn Mittermeyer, and then you have Drew Samia, Cody Ford, and Bobby Evans. So, like, it's this wild fluctuation, and I think that's what you're talking about, Eddie, when you get into these situations where you are having to convince guys. Some guys are going to see it. Some guys are going to buy in. And some guys aren't. But even if you want to look at these guys in the rearview mirror and say, well, yeah, D.D. Westbrook was a great player. Rodney Anderson was a great player. Go down the list. Cody Ford was a second-round draft pick. All those things. These weren't elite recruits. I mean, these weren't guys that everybody in the country wanted. Um, So defensively, you're having to do some of the same things. But in year two, when you look at it, and some of the guys we're hearing Oklahoma's got a real shot at here, it starts to change the conversation a little bit. And then you start – and like I said, you get those guys on the field, and then you really hope your defense starts taking some real strides, and then it just kind of builds on itself. And and I'm going to kind of be the jerk here for just a second. You mentioned the 2015 misses with the first year on offense. you got to look at 2020 defense. There's probably going to be some misses as they try to really iron this thing out and get it to be where they want it. I, it, I feel – like Alex Grinch has a good idea, a good grasp of what, what he wants to do, identity scheme and, and all of that. But that first year, you, maybe you're taking a flyer here or there sure. because you couldn't get that top-tier kid that you were hoping for. So don't be surprised if just like 2015 on offense, if the 2020 defensive class has a couple of kids that you don't remember here two, three years from now. Okay, it sounds like Bob's ready to shit on some kids. So let's list off the kids, and Bob can tell us who's going to suck. Who's going to be a wasted scholarship, Bob? All right, let's go. Man, there's people I've been totally wrong about and, and totally right about. Like, I, I always admit Kenneth Mann is one of my biggest misses. I thought that dude would have transferred in his redshirt season. I never saw him staying the whole way and then actually becoming a starter. There's just some guys that you just – it feels like they'll be there, and there's others who's like, yeah, that's not too shocking that he's not even part of the class now. So I, I'm not quite ready to make that leap with the 2020 kids on who on who I think, but as we get closer to the season, uh, I think I'll have a much better uh, grasp of where I stand and who, who I think. Would it shock me to be portal fodder within the first year? Well, and it, it – you can go back in forever, though, but the defense has never had, you know, a Theo Weiss and a Trajan Bridges just sitting, you know, waiting to, to make an impact, or even a Spencer Rattler, I mean, just waiting to make an impact. Like, they just haven't built those types of numbers and that type of depth and that type of quality. Uh, and, you know, when you've got... I, I think the thing that's been bizarre about the defense is even the guys that have been highly recruited, like Buki and... Uh, I mean, Jeremiah Cradell didn't make an impact last year. Uh, it, it, you know, it's 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 been like you said, Josh. It's a lot of times you've been putting guys out there like Emmanuel Beal comes to mind. Like he wasn't even the best you know recruit on his JUCO team that came to OU, and he ended up being the better player. So, um, it, yeah, I mean, if this defense could actually recruit year after year and build quality depth. 
I, I'd have to say it's the first time probably since like 08 that we could say that. Yeah. I, and to me, that's why 2022 Oklahoma, if Kobe McKenzie stays in that class, they need, they have to get him. That has to be a finished deal. They can't afford to miss on him. Gentry Williams is one of the more important recruits in, a, in several years, in my opinion, just because you got, you've got to stop this bloodletting from Tulsa where you're getting these elite players that are going to other programs. Dax Hill to Michigan, Josh Proctor to Ohio State. You can't let that – I mean, think how different this defense would look right now if your starting safeties were Josh Proctor and Dax Hill. And, I, and we know I love Delaire and Turner Yell, but that is a different – those are – potential first two-day draft picks. I mean, th- those are big-time guys that could really be game-changers. And in Dax Hill, I don't fault OU a lot. Josh Proctor, OU dropped the ball. I mean, there's just no other way to argue that. Well, and you don't know how that would have played out with this staff, but you know that the sure. staff that was there, it didn't work. And yeah, I'm sorry. Like I, for those that are not clear, neither one of those guys were recruited by guys who are currently part of the staff. So okay, so one of the guys that we haven't talked about uh, being a factor this weekend, or you know, being buzz surrounding him and committing uh, this weekend is Caleb Williams. Uh, but I know from everything that you've talked about, Josh, everything still remains on a positive side there. Yeah, uh, you know, for those that haven't seen it, we, we I put out a kind of hot eleven that I do from time to time. I used to try and do it weekly, but it just it doesn't it doesn't. There's not enough change from week to week for it to really be worthwhile. But it's just basically a breakdown of the top eleven guys that I think are most likely at this point to commit to Oklahoma, and kind of how cl- and I rank them kind of by how close they are to not just in a commitment to Oklahoma, but their decision itself. And I think I had Caleb at like six or seven. And that's largely built on, like I said, there is a lot of potential news that could happen by, let's say, Sunday afternoon. There's a lot that could happen. It may only be a couple of guys. It could be four or five guys. So we'll kind of have to watch that. But I I really like what I'm hearing on Caleb Williams. If Oklahoma can finish the deal like we kind of all expect with Mario Williams tomorrow, then you're talking about a guy that everyone, and, and Scoop talked about it last week, that pretty much everyone in the world has said Mario Williams is going to go wherever Caleb Williams goes. Well, what does that tell you? Like, I mean, connect the dots on this. And Mario well, Williams. It's hard to mention. It's hard to mention Caleb Williams' name without mentioning Mario Williams and vice versa, right, Josh? Exactly. I mean, they they are because when I was talking to Adam Friedman, who's a guy that's very connected, talks to Caleb Williams and his family a lot, probably more than anyone and has known the kid a long time and i said you know we we were working on something i can't remember what it was and i said well how, how real is this stuff adam like i know everybody kind of assumes like oh caleb's gonna be the pied piper and all these guys are gonna come with him he's like no it's real like he goes there are multiple guys that are very connected to what caleb williams is gonna do i, I can tell you if oklahoma gets caleb williams their chances at potential five-star offensive tackle tristan lee uh from virginia I mean, they quadruple. And I've talked to a few people that felt like OU was kind of making a move there. I know Bill Biedenboe is doing a great job there. He's recruiting him. He's been involved with this kid for a long time. It's really hard for me to ignore that as Caleb Williams has seemed to be more and more set to Oklahoma, you're hearing more and more buzz on this kid looking at Oklahoma. There's got to be some correlation there, and I know they talk. So, like I said, 
I think I know everybody wants Caleb Williams to be there right now, and I think it would be easier. He could be more public um, with, you know, not just, hey, I want you to come play with me. Hey, I want you to come play with me at Oklahoma. He can work that angle. And I I get the feeling that maybe some things are shifting and how he's going to handle his decision. But at the same time, I, I think it's nothing but good for Oklahoma. I, I want to follow up on that, Josh, just about his decision. But first, I want to ask you, you know, so many times we hear guys talk about, oh, I want to play with this guy. Like, I, I know that's a big thing when we talk to guys at camp as far as we, we want to play together in college. And you kind of roll your eyes and it, it doesn't necessarily ever come to fruition. With this, does it feel different? Like, I, I, I don't remember a time in which they've had a guy like insert Caleb Williams or Mario Williams. And they've been able to build a class with guys so active on the recruiting trail or, or what it would appear. And I know that we're projecting a little bit into kind of the future, but I, I just feel like it's very unique for today's times that uh, could all this come together for Oklahoma. Yeah. I mean, because I, I am one of those, and it may be it's just because I've done this so long and I've, I've seen too many things, but I'm one of those people that's always like, yeah, yeah, guys love to talk about playing together until they have to make a decision that maybe one guy loves it a little more than the other guy does, and then they end up doing what's best for each of them, and that's and that's fine. It just doesn't sound like that's the deal here. Now, don't get me wrong. Everybody be – I mean, Caleb Williams is being connected to Emeka Igbuka in uh, – if I'm saying his name right, and I apologize to the kid if I'm not uh, – the five-star wide receiver in Washington. Do I think that that kid is going to follow Caleb Williams to Oklahoma just to play with Caleb Williams? No, I don't. Do I think that Caleb Williams might give OU a little leg up, a little chance maybe that they didn't have? Yeah, I think that's possible. So Oklahoma's still got to do all the work, but does it give them kind of a, you know, a foot in the door? Yeah, I think it helps. And he was already – he seemed to like Oklahoma anyway. So there is a lot that I – that I buy into, but I mean, people have to be careful before they start convincing themselves that everybody Caleb Williams has ever mentioned, you know, Mason Smith and Corey Foreman are probably not following Caleb Williams wherever he goes. Um, now if, if Caleb were to pick LSU, I think there's a good chance he and Mason Smith are going to be teammates. Um, but barring some, some of the really extreme stuff. Yeah. He gives Oklahoma a better chance at a lot of different guys. Josh, do you think this can happen anywhere else except at quarterback? It just feels like it has to be the quarterback. There, You could have a good running back, good cornerback, or whatever, but it just feels different, like when it was Spencer Rattler for 2019, and if it ends up being Caleb Williams. Why do you think the quarterback is the one spot where it resonates just so, so much? I think there's a couple of reasons. I think one is quarterbacks, they are natural. I mean, they're used to running the show. They're used to, we, we've got to put practices together. We're going to go work together in summer on 7-on-7 seven seven stuff. They're, they're used to orchestrating a lot, um, especially at this level. And I think from their perspective also, they understand very well that as good as I may be, if I don't have any block for me, or if I don't have anyone who can, you know, stretch the ball, you know, stretch the field, there's only so much I can do. You know, I mean, there's plenty of great players that are, you know, not so. Look, look how much better Drew Locke looks in the NFL now that he's got some NFL talent around him that he really didn't have at Missouri. I mean, like you can go down lots of guys like that that just once they weren't drowning, 
they they suddenly start to look like real players. Um, the thing from a the other recruits perspective is they're not stupid. They know that if you don't have a great quarterback, you're not winning anything. I mean, Mario Williams can be as great as he wants to be, but you look at his junior tape, there's not a ton of highlights on there. I mean, he's not catching a lot of passes because he's not playing with a quarterback that's of Caleb Williams's level. He knows if he goes somewhere that is going to throw the ball 40 times a game and has someone who can do it, he's got a lot more chance to make big plays and prepare himself for the next level. So, and even, you know, take that out of the equation. Take defensive guys. It's cool to have a great defense, but they know not every week can they hold a team to 17 points. It's not going to happen. So they need an offense that can score some points, and who's going to decide that? The quarterback. And so, I, like I said, I think it's just kids, as as we all get more interconnected and better understand, um, you know, maybe even you could throw some analytics into this, like just guys understanding how you win football games they know a quarterback is where it all you know starts and ends with well we're gonna uh, we're gonna get to talk to lincoln riley today we're gonna have a, a media zoom call uh so we'll be able to ask him kind of about uh what's going on with you know his his players and his staff and how kind of the distance stuff is is working out and the the, the meetings that they're able to have the, the eight hours a week and um but I did see that uh, Annie Hansen, Eddie had pointed out that Annie Hansen had tweeted out uh, that excited to, quote, see, unquote, all our OU football summer enrollees and their families tomorrow. So I'm assuming, and we can ask Lincoln about this later, but I'm assuming that means they'll have Zoom calls with uh, all their players that are at home. Yes, and I, you know, I, I think that that is uh... – Probably a step in the right direction. It'll be interesting. The recruiting. Wow. <laughs> and Eddie's having gone. a banner day today. <laughs> I would imagine. Eddie. Yeah. I mean, may, maybe yeah. they'll get a much better idea of when they're supposed to be coming by. And we know how things always are if it's a normal recruiting calendar or a normal academic calendar you know maybe after uh this weekend's call and you know interacting with the families they'll they'll know exactly when they're supposed to be heading to norman or if anything has changed maybe they will just show up the first week of june just like they both they've always done yeah and i think it's notable just because uh you know the contact they're able to have i mean i think there was a lot of worry about okay uh with summer classes being online uh, you know, how does that affect, you know, the, the kids that are coming in, um, which it kind of shows you that they can at least now have contact with these kids. Um, and it's interesting to say with their families too, and maybe it's, it's, you know, just a kind of a cursory meeting with kids and their families to catch up with them during this time. But, um, it at least shows you that, I, I mean, I don't think they're going to be in, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I would assume the, the mid-semester enrollees have been in the, the Zoom meetings with everyone, uh, but the you know kids that are going to enroll next year, whenever that happens, like th they haven't been able to be in the Zoom meetings. Yeah, you, you guys mentioned, I think it was, uh, was it Clark Stroud that posted that one Zoom that they had with the coffee bean guy, and they had some of those mid-year those mid guys on it. Yeah. So yeah, there's no doubt 
those guys are firmly entrenched in everything that's going on. It's been pretty amazing. Can you guys see me now? Am I back? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, it's been really interesting to hear kind of the stuff. And I know that, Bob, you've written about it uh, back when uh, Stutzman committed. Uh, God, it seems like forever ago. I guess that was just last week. Uh, but the virtual visits have been extremely interesting. And I know that uh, it shouldn't be a surprise from anything that we've known about what Oklahoma does from a video standpoint with Zach Hefley and uh, his group of guys. But it sounds like those virtual tours have just been out of this world amazing for guys. And uh, I know that I've heard the one for Mario Williams was uh, it, they kind of coincided with baseball and football. So it's uh, it's been pretty amazing. I would like to kind of see what the what it actually goes into it, like what they're actually doing. Yes, I would love to get a generic one. You obviously don't show one that was tailored to a certain kid, but what's the generic stuff that's being thrown out there? Because there's no doubt, and Josh can talk to it more as he's gotten in touch with more recruits who have gone through this process, that these have just been a huge hit. Not like, oh, that was kind of cool. I mean, something that was eye-popping, that did everything that they wanted to do in that one to two hours where if you can't do the in-person and now that that's been stretched through June 30th, we're still going to be in this virtual era for at least another month and a half. But whatever they're doing, they're obviously hitting the right note every single time. Yeah, it's really, you know, just talking to some people, and I know um, there's a lot of people at the heart of it. I know they've gotten super creative with some of these. Like I, I was talking to Bryce Foster the other day, and they did a whole thing with, um, and the scoop will have a little more detail on this, but they, they did like the mountain. And one of the staff members was like basically his Avi on Twitter walking around acting like the mountain. Like it, it's been a thing. Like they are, they're not cutting any corners on this deal. This has been a big deal. And I know Zach Hefley's had a big role in it. And I, I know uh, just talking to the recruits, all of them are like, you know, I, I know um, I, I'll leave the kid's name out, but he was uh, a guy that did one early on was talking to me the other day, and he had just finished with another um, a, a really top ten program and was like, yeah, it was good. Some of these schools are starting to get, you know, like they're kind of figuring out like Oklahoma did. Like, I mean, like you could tell it's still like he was like, it's still not as good, but it was better than some of the others I've seen. Um, now, when you let me ask you a question. When you say someone was – was the mountain is it like someone was dressed <laughs> like the mountain or someone like to. there was like a virtual reality mountain like that was like lincoln riley was looked like the mountain when you saw him on zoom or something like what the hell are you talking about <laughs> okay the, a fair point so bryce's av- a- avatar avi whatever you want to call it on twitter is the mountain like from with game his shirt of thrones, off like yeah yeah from game of thrones Somebody, I, I, my impression is they printed that picture, posted it on some sort of cardboard, and someone was basically walking around behind it, acting like they were Bryce Foster <laughs> and or the Mountain. I'm not sure. So how like they the just story had like played. a student assistant or something walking yes. around well, with a cardboard cutout of the Mountain. I I know who it was. Um, like I said, I'm gonna leave some of those details in the scoop, and I will certainly tell you guys afterward. It was kind of a funny <laughs> visual when you know who it was, but uh, but yeah, it, it was um a definitely the most interesting one I'd heard so far as far as kind of unique ways they are doing these virtual visits. I bet it was Kale Gundy. 
I, we, we can take Come bets. On, man. You know. No way it was Bill Biedenboe. There's no way he's playing that game. <laughs> Although, while we're doing this, Bill tweeted out a video. I'm anxious to see it. Like, I know it's going to be electric. I, yes, Bill, Bill's going to be yet. ready. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I mean, talking to Bryce Foster... Let's say Mario Williams does commit. Caleb Williams commits. How much of an impact does that have on him, you think? I think it's I, – I don't think it's nothing. I, I think it's meaningful because I know that Caleb will hit him up and be like, hey, you know, let, let's go do this thing. Let's go – and, I mean, there's a kid – A&M's quarterback commitment's a kid from Texas, a kid that I'm sure Bryce has met at multiple, you know, trips to A&M and all those things. But – you just can't deny that he's not the number three a, player in the country. Exactly. It, uh, I'm I'm gonna blank on his name. He's from Denton Guy, or I've seen the kid play. I'm just blanking out of his name for some reason. Anyway, um, good good player. Oh, no. Didn't we establish <laughs> oh, that uh, uh, that Walsh is the best Denton Guy quarterback in college? in college? Yeah, yeah. Like they've all been huge Hurd. recruits and stuff, but. Yeah, there hasn't been a breakthrough yeah. Denton guy. I think we were talking about that during the playoffs last year. Yeah, it hasn't. That I mean, really, like as many good players as come out of there, there's really never been that guy that emerged as a. I mean, they've they've had some decent role. J.W. Guys, but Walsh nothing. from Oklahoma State, who I'm talking about, by the way. Yep, yep. Uh, I just they had the big there. receiver that year, uh, Gerard Hurd. Like I said, Gerard Hurd was a huge recruit. They yeah, had the big receiver that year that went to Arizona State. Uh, he was part of that game where I watched Cody Thomas go nuts, and Bob Bob was there with me, of course. Well, then there was uh, what's his name Robinson that went to TCU that transferred out. Yep, yep. That, Sean, Sean Robinson. That one, that people. Sean Robinson. Yeah, people yep. should have seen that one coming. Sean Robinson was not a capable passer. Eli Stowers is the kid I'm thinking of from Denton Guyer. I just couldn't get there. Um, but anyway, yeah, Caleb, Caleb Williams is going to have an impact. Mario Williams is going to have an impact because those are huge guys, and there's nobody in A&M's class or anything else that compares to those guys because they're arguably the top two players in the country at their position. There's very few schools that have one of those guys, much less two in the same class. It's going to matter. Now, Bryce Foster's own guy. He's going to do whatever yeah. he wants to do. and it's not Like I said, that just like what I was saying earlier, it's not going to make his decision for him, but does it help OU? Hell yeah, it does. Um, outside of that, I mean, you know, I, I think just – is there anything you guys want to hit on recruiting before we kind of move on to some other stuff? Yeah, real quick, I was just going to say, is this – is? I don't think anybody could have ever been uh, prepared for a global pandemic, but – it would seem to me just Oklahoma's youth on the staff from top to bottom, maybe they were more so prepared to do uh, virtual tours and to be able to do things in a more of a technological sense than other staffs. Is, is, I guess what I'm asking, is has Oklahoma been maybe more so prepared for something like this than maybe other schools with older staffs? I think they – I don't – I don't know. I mean, maybe – but I do think they have done an outstanding job of rolling, just kind of rolling with the punches, just doing whatever they needed to do. And the thing you have to give OU credit for, and it's something I, I saw some people on the boards like or probably a month ago that were like, why isn't OU doing virtual visits? Why aren't they doing all this stuff? All these other schools are doing it. It's pretty clear that they were wanting to do it right. 
they weren't just going to rush it out and have, you know, oh, here's a picture of your face and this is you in a jersey and this is a you and your jersey inside our stadium. We took a picture of it and here it is for you. You know, like they didn't half ass it. They waited and did it really, really, really well and are now reaping all the reward from it because they were patient. And I know it frustrated some people and maybe they lost a little momentum with a few guys at different times, but it's pretty clear they're picking that momentum back up in, in a hurry. Yeah, it's clear they figured out how they wanted to do it and then did it correctly. And when some whatever can work for you, I think they had to probably spend a couple of weeks trying to figure out what are we going to do to stand out. And it, it seems like, you know, the, the one school that was ready from the jump was clearly the Buckeyes. Ohio State racked up one commit after another virtual tour or not really didn't matter. Now you're seeing ten, what Tennessee has, has done. So whatever approach you can do that you feel confident in. I don't think it's about like copycatting what other schools are doing. you got to figure out how you're going to set your own brand apart. And we know that's what Lincoln Riley is always emphasized is what he wants to do. And even if it took a little bit longer than a lot of fans would have liked, man, they've absolutely nailed it with these virtual visits. And you can just see that all that momentum that you're just building and building, it just feels like it's going to be a very fun, you know, five, six weeks come uh, coming up for fans that have been waiting for this 21, 2021 class to really take off. Which is kind of ironic in a way, isn't it? With the new, and I guess not new, but just the extension of the recruiting dead period through June. How do you guys think that affects Oklahoma with not being able to bring guys in? And I, I guess the virtual tour, it kind of takes that takes part of that, but will OU be hurt? And this is a question I'm just taking completely straight from the board. And somebody asked me and I, I no better place to ask it than you guys. Will it hurt OU not being able to bring some guys in that maybe if you did bring them in and they were able to see campus with their own eyes, it would help OU. Does that kind of make sense where I'm coming from there? Yeah. Uh, and I think, um, I mean, you could argue that either way. It's kind of hard to know. We're just going to have to kind of see how that plays. And I know that's such a half-ass answer, sure. but it's just the reality. No, yeah, because. Sense, you, but, it, you know, like, so. Three million I, Americans file for un- Sorry, that's me. Damn it. You know, and it's again, Kerry trying to wreck me talk recruiting. People? It was the stupid, people want it, Kerry. It's the stupid people hot, want recruiting. The stupid hot girls on Cheddar got me clicking on them. Oh, well, that'll happen. Um, Eddie can relate. He's Eddie's showing me his tabs earlier. Pretty impressive group there, Eddie. Um, uh, I'm looking at pornography. Kerry <laughs> looked at clickbait news stories. Yeah. Eddie's it wasn't going clickbait. For what was it titled? It was... Uh, <laughs> It was the money minute, all right? <laughs> Since you've told me about Cheddar, I have not seen one news story on there that I've thought to myself, that is a real news story. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> See, now my damn phone is ringing. Yeah, yeah. Go you ahead, are a John. shit show. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get Carrie back on track here. Um, no, but like, so, and we've talked about this a little bit before, but so you have, um, you've got, uh, like a guy like Bryce Foster, he's made multiple trips. When you look at some of his other schools, like Oregon, some of the other ones that he's involved with, he hasn't seen them as much. That's nothing but a benefit for Oklahoma, especially considering they're, they're perceived to be in the lead right now that, that there's, it's getting a smaller and smaller window for those, for other schools to catch up. 
But at the same time, when you look at Oklahoma recruiting nationally the way they are, uh, you know, a, a perfect example is a guy I mentioned earlier, the Egbuka kid from Washington, or there's another kid from Washington, the JT Tuamalo kid. Um, apparently, kids from Washington just have tough names, so I'm glad OU doesn't recruit up there a lot because I'm pretty sure I butchered both of those. But really, I mean, Oklahoma has a chance to make a run at those guys, maybe get official visits. Well, it's hard to do it when you can't, you know, there's only so much you can do. There's You can't go see them. You can't, you know, it limits you a little bit. But at the same time, I guess it helps. And, again, I know I keep kind of, oh, and there's this and however and whatever. But there's a lot of angles you can look at this, and it's going to vary from guy to guy. But the, you have to remember, those guys also can't go visit the local campus. And that helps Oklahoma because it's so easy yeah, for them to be like, well, I can't make the same th- rules. Exactly. I can't make that trip to OU. I think this is really where you see the coaches that are good at developing relationships. They don't have to, you know, it, it doesn't have to be about the visit and, you know, all the fun a guy has or anything like that. It's just how can you connect with a kid and his family? Jesus Christ. I just saw this Dean Blevins tweet. Oh, no. That Eddie quote tweeted? Yes. No, do tell. What happened? <laughs> do tell. <laughs> I mean, what? I, I can't. I don't even have words. What? <laughs> what was that? I don't. The opening. The this op- is what. This is call. why I don't follow Dean on Twitter. And then Eddie always brings him into my life. <laughs> hey, listen. I got it sent to me. I had to bring it to the people. If you're saying that we're not going to have football in some states in until 2025. That has 26. to be retweeted. 26. It has to be sent to old cold to- uh, cold takes exposed. It has to be shared with the masses. It's not every minute that you see a take and know that it's going to old takes exposed. Like, you posted that three minutes ago, and I already know that's going to be What's wrong. the purpose of tweeting that? Like, what's the purpose? Come on. Just stop it, Dean. I like the people even more that read the tweet decided to comment on it and agree with him. Well, yeah, that's what his fan base has become. He's, he's, oh my God. What is, what are you doing? Stop it. My favorite, my favorite response is, I think clickbait is supposed to have a link. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they at least give you a link to click on. Yeah, their yeah, their Jalen Hurts daily story has a link. Hey, they got that out really early today. Like we should we should maybe like do a calendar where we mark down each day how early they get through their Jalen Hurts quota. I oh, mean, man. with full permission, we should just do a one Jalen Hurts clickbait story a day where we throw out a link and then just put thoughts question mark. But the thing is, nobody is clicking on their Jalen Hurts stories. They're getting, they get very few retweets or likes. They may have they copyrighted that move by now. Number two again, or that doesn't mean anything. Wazzy hate OU. <laughs> well, he's back to not wearing OU gear again. Well, I, I, told <laughs> I didn't see any OU in nothing. that video. It's not a bit. I've been telling you guys he hated OU for a long while. <laughs> I think he should be banned from campus. <laughs> Oh, that's the that's the ultimate. That's going to be the ultimate argument for all time now. Who needed the other more? Jalen needed OU more, or OU needed Jalen more? 
Garen got kind of got into a little bit of that on uh, Twitter earlier this week. I don't. For me, there's no question. Jalen needed OU. Oh, there's no. He I needed Lincoln Riley. Yes. I mean, yeah. You could put Lincoln Riley in a you know Arkansas State uniform, and I, I think the same could be true. Absolutely. I don't think there's but, any way he's a second round draft pick if he went to Maryland. Yeah. Oh, if Lincoln Riley is the head coach last year, Oklahoma, I don't think they do anything. It may the season may have played differently. It may have gone different in certain times. I don't think it changes any of the end result of last season. I feel like it's such a jarring stat. It just needs to be said every week. Jalen Hurts finished second in the Heisman voting. He needed Oklahoma more than they needed him. But no doubt about there it. Is, there's rarely been a year when second was less of consequence. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was like it was such an afterthought. <laughs> He was the most famous option, I think. It's still, I just, uh. but no, I, no, I, would yeah, say, I, I get what you're saying. We totally. like to shit on him. It needed to happen, right? Yeah, I mean, let's face it, they weren't Tanner Mordecai wasn't getting that team to the college football playoff. No, what would Austin Kendall have done? Because that's where I, I think they, they it would have went if Jalen Hurts. It would not have, have been. It would have been very <laughs> Trevor Knight production like. But I mean, who what beat so you last Rattler's year? Like, what, what stops them from getting Kendall, there? Austin Kendall lost his job at West Virginia. What makes you think he? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> it's a. That's a fascinating conversation to have for sure. I mean, I think Spencer yeah. Rattler would have been the starting quarterback by the I, end of the year last year. Hundred percent. Yeah, I, I think I agree, agree with you, Gary. Hell, he might have been the starting quarterback four games into the season. Uh, yeah. I like I said. There would have been growing pains. It wouldn't have looked as clean as it did early in the year with Jalen Hurts. But there's not a single game you can point to and say they won that game because of Jalen Hurts. I mean, second half of Baylor was his finest moment. But, but who first put half, him in that hole? The first half, half put them in that <laughs> position, yes. Yeah, yeah, that comes with an asterisk. I mean, that is a historic comeback and a historic performance. Everything had to fall perfectly for that to happen, right? I mean, I do, think everybody agrees with that. Do you guys think we'll ever see two halves more different from one player? Like, I mean, like it would be like if Adrian Peterson fumbled seven times and then the second half dropped 380 on somebody. Like, it's just, it didn't make any sense that you could be that different from one half to the next. Without Lane. Yeah. And in the second half, he still had a turnover. Wait, didn't he? Now that I say that, I yell it. I, now was I'm going like, into the second. end zone the first half or the second half? That's what. I, that's uh, the that one I'm the, wondering about. That was the second half. Yeah, that's that right. Yeah, half. yeah. Okay, I was yeah. like, I doubted myself. Was, Damn it! It was about at the end of the third quarter, yep. Josh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or no, like, excuse me. It was at the beginning of the third quarter, because that was after the fumble. That was after their first fumble, forced fumble. Correct. I think that is. Yeah, right semantics. Anyway. But either, either way, he had a turnover in the second half. I was right to yell. <laughs> Final answer. How do we make fun <laughs> of 24-7 for making Jalen Hurts clickbait stories, yet we talk about Jalen Hurts every week on the pod? So true. I think, yeah, I think <laughs> us offering clickbait through a podcast is maybe the smartest, most genius thing we've ever done. Hey, let's the way, debate you, who the greatest <laughs> NBA player is. Let's go. 
Eddie, your poor uh, pronunciation of the word asterisk uh, reminded me. Asterisk. That Dean Blevins took the award away from Bob Costas for worst take from an old sports guy this week. I didn't see what Costas said. Oh, he went. He went on about how every sport champion was going to have an asterisk next to it after this year oh, oh I, I i definitely think that that is the case though maybe not in the sports that haven't started like i guess the old baseball guys are going to be really pissed off about how the, everything goes if they even play but I, i'll be honest i've i've kind of fully moved on to the boat of as far as saying if basketball didn't come back it probably wouldn't hurt my feelings no because it's going to disrupt next season so much i i just i'm i'm kind of on the side of it's going to be a glorified summer league now if the thunder were to win it of course i would honor it and we would have a parade and i have plenty of confetti to get rid of but here's it just feels very forced here's one thing that i feel stupid for not realizing is in this could happen in college but if they play the nfl with no fans in the stands those TV sports broadcasting companies are so good. Like, it makes sense that they're going to pipe in crowd music and have, like, CGI fans in the stands because that's what they do. I mean, it's like the first down marker is part of football. I mean, it's not real. There's all kinds of graphics that aren't real in the NFL that are just part of what you expect. So, of course, if any league is going to be able – to make it look like there are people in the stands and that there's a crowd cheering, like it will be, they will have to have like a laugh track. They'll have to have a guy in a room. I said this today, like if they're playing like in Philadelphia, they should put a bunch of Philadelphia fans in a room with a laugh track guy so he knows exactly what to do, what button to push. You mother <laughs> Right? <laughs> a lot of that. But I wonder too, like, will that if they can do it for the NFL, will they be able to do it for college? Uh, I mean, I I would think so, Carrie. It it definitely feels like it almost feels like this week has been a week of reckoning as far as the line is being drawn in the sand, and especially on the college level that we've seen this. There are states that are going to one hundred percent be ready to play football in about a month and a half, or at least have students on campus, or say that they are. And there's going to be some other places that just simply aren't. I, I the Pac-12 has an upward climb. I mean, like, they yeah. they are screwed as we stand today here, what, March 14th? And that, and just knowing that and just saying that, Kerry, opens up so many questions about how everything would be handled. Like, I, I think the first one that comes to mind is, say you're a wide receiver at USC right now and you don't play football can those guys transfer out? Like, I think that all those questions are so interesting right now because it definitely feels like uh, there's mixed messaging as far as what you're hearing from the NCAA and Mark Emmert, as well as the conference commissioners, and then all the way down to just the, the a flat out line being drawn in the sand and kind of seeing which side each university on is on has been fascinating this week. Lincoln, stop giving scholarships to walk-ons. You got to make room for, for, for all these people from California. <laughs> no, I, I mean, it would be fascinating from that perspective. I hadn't even thought about that, about 
and and not to mention the fact that you're also going to see a bunch of I don't know about a bunch of guys, but you're going to see some players that kind of take the Blake Snell, Trevor Bauer approach. And I know it's different for college kids, but they're going to look at it and say, I don't feel comfortable playing right now. I don't want to do that. And believe me, it's completely different when you talk professional college kids. Uh, But, you know, I, I definitely think that you start getting these kids on campus without classes, which I'm in favor of, I think can happen. But then again, that name, image, likeness stuff will come right back up. I mean, it, it, it'd it be fascinating to see where that ends up uh, when all this is said and done. Well, you saw the Theo Howard tweet from yesterday, too. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm referencing. Yeah. Yep. For those that didn't, Bob, Josh Jr.? <laughs> it's just basically <laughs> what, saying that if, well, we play in – play games without any any fans how in the world are you not going to be paying us yeah i mean i it, look i think everybody knows where we're at there i mean every league every sport is losing revenue this year no matter what happens no doubt about it it's just how much are you going to lose and i i mean that's the thing like there was that stuff about, I saw an article a while back about NBA owners, like what NBA owner is likely to, you know, have to go into bankruptcy. Like they were t- talking about Tillman Fertitta as the most likely guy. But, you know, most of those guys are fine. I mean, I'd, I'd worry a little bit about Oklahoma City a little bit. But, Shit. but Major League Baseball teams, they're all in trouble if they don't play this year. They could, I mean, like, literally have to fold as a business entity. It's not a good situation to be in. And, like, I, I completely get it from the player side. If I signed a contract and I was going to get guaranteed money, I'd be wanting that money too. But at some point, it's going to be fairly interesting to see what the I, – I don't know if it's a social responsibility, but I do think that, you know, and we've talked about this before – there's a certain level of entertainment value, a certain level of, uh, you know, get away from reality that sports brings. And I think, I don't know if players are necessarily, I don't know if they're, when they sign a contract to play a professional sport, you're not signing up for that. But I do think that just as a, I don't know, as a country, they have a certain level of responsibility to uh, allow us to be able to escape from what this is. And I, I, nobody's ever been prepared for this, obviously, because it's a global pandemic. But I certainly think that there's going to be a lot of pressure on those professional athletes. You don't want to be the guy that everybody points to and says, we don't have baseball because of this guy. And I know that that certainly wouldn't happen. That it'd be a, a, a group of people. But uh, at some point, both the owners and the players are going to have to come to an agreement, I would think. Yeah, and I mean the other thing that was interesting to kind of, and I haven't had a chance to read through Pat Forty's article. He talked to a whole bunch of people, uh, and I'm looking forward to kind of seeing. You know, he talked to like Bob Bowlesby and uh, the the MAC commissioner, the Sun Belt, and the AEC, and he talked to Greg Sankey and Larry Scott um, to kind of get it, even John Swafford. So like he got all these power brokers to talk about you know what they're thinking right now, but it's like. You know, OU, as with all colleges, like, think about the, the not just the fans, but even the 
the advertising revenue because they they sell these giant packages to Loves and Midfirst and Coke and uh, you know and the Thunder do the same thing with like corporate sponsors and they are you know a big part of that package is like in stadium signage and stuff and you know it's it's like how can they charge those people those ridiculous you know packages that they charge when they can't deliver on a big part of you know what they so there's going to be some revenue loss there too yeah absolutely it's uh it, it, in a in a sense it feels like we're uh, and I, I don't know, maybe this is just a personal uh, way to feel about it, but I, you feel like it's starting, you can see kind of the light at the end of the tunnel, and maybe it's different, and I, not even maybe, it's different for, for me living in Oklahoma City than it is for somebody living in New York City or Los Angeles. But at the same time, it feels like we are just now getting to the point where some real decisions are going to be made here over the next you know month, month and a half, two months. And those decisions are, you know, basically going to affect not only our livelihood, but kind of everything that is involved in the sports world for the rest of 2020 and maybe even into 2021. Well, and I think I think they're still going to have to form, you know, exactly how much they quarantine, how much they test and, and figure out can they get the amount of tests they need colleges specifically compared to, you know, pro teams like that's, that's a heavy expense, uh, just monitoring those kids and, and being able to set up contact tracing or whatever. I mean, all that stuff's going to be an expense that they never had to deal with before. And like I said, I don't think Lincoln Riley's going to have any new revelations or answers today, but you know, we're, we're now, but May 14th, and I, I really think by middle of June, if not early in June, that's when you're going to have to have your plans in place of, of what you're going to do to reopen things. Sure. What, Carrie, what do you think would be a – and I, it's, it's forecasting the future, but like, is there a date in mind that you think that players could get back on campus at some point? Is there a date that – they're trying to get back to. I, I would imagine. I think I, it's I still July first. I mean, I I just did, I I still think it's that day. Yeah. If not a week earlier, I think ideally they'd like it to be a week earlier than that. But if worse comes to worse, I think July first is. And and we still don't know. You know, out of comp, like, is Missouri State even going to have a football program this year? Yeah, OU's first game. Good. I mean, will you play out of conference games? That's the yeah. other thing. If, if they do like July first, does that would that be preseason camp just starting? You'd have or, to start. Well, I think you'd have to it, train for four weeks, but you then, also do football stuff. I think related to that, and then you'd probably wind it down the the, the training part of it, and then just go specifically into August. I think there's going to be some camp, yeah. people still mad about missing spring, about missing those fifteen practices, and trying to figure out a way to get those back however you can manage it i just i'm very intrigued by how the whole setup will be once they allow kids back on campus but at the same time you don't want two full months of just heavy football practice before the season starts either 
That's I don't think much. they would be allowed to. I, I, the way that I've kind of, I guess, taken it from the NCAA is, is it, basically they're saying on the spring practices, you're not getting them back. Am I wrong on that, or am I just make-believing that that was put out there? No, I, I and as a, as a football player, a football coach, you got to have a little bit of, uh, I think you have to have a little bit of perspective and in, in being able to say, like, you know, golf and baseball and gymnastics, or, or not as much gymnastics, but everything in the spring, they got screwed too. Like, they didn't even get a regular season. You guys are still going to get a regular season. So stop sure. bitching about missing spring. Have you, and sorry if this is just completely changing subjects, but I think it kind of relates. Was the official hiring or the dropping of the interim tag off of President Harris' name accelerated because of some of the decisions that are going to have to come up here over the next month, month and a half, two months? I mean, I haven't talked to anybody about that, but I have to think that played a major role, like a sure. major role. Because you've got to have leadership, right? And I just think I think everybody knew that he was the right guy. Oh, and it, yeah. And I, I don't yeah. think he was a guy the that I don't, the entire nobody said nobody was surprised that he got the interim tag off. It was just kind of weird how it all went down on a Saturday afternoon and yeah. you know, obviously with everything that's going on right now, but on the weekend of graduation. But I think everybody felt like that was not only the right pick, but if we're being completely honest, probably the pick that it should have been two years ago. Yeah, I just, I mean, he, he just, I, I think we might have lost Eddie again. Um, okay. Um, no, I, I think he, he probably just wasn't ready two years ago. I mean, it was, you replace David Bourne, you kind of want to make a splash. And, yeah, and you kind of need that buffer. <laughs> Thanks, Jim Gallagher, for being that guy. Yeah, you need you need someone to come in there and show you how bad it can go. Sure. And it went terribly. But I mean, it's not like it's not like the problems won't be there even worse. I mean, think about you know all the stuff that Gallagher raised, all the issues he raised with the uh, all the bonds that they had out. I mean, my God, the new the 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 new what the is it the what do they call that cross center or whatever the new uh, housing that's yeah co-managed or so whatever you want to call it like that was a disaster before all this started even when yeah. classes were full so as a campus the university of oklahoma has a lot of challenges and it's not getting well, easier <laughs> in a way harris might he might tell you at least Gallagher did all the hard stuff for him. I mean, he was looked at as an asshole for it, but they uh, did a lot of balancing of the books, if you will, that probably the belt, put yeah. him in position to, to be able to survive right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, it's, it's <laughs> that's the thing about, you know, getting school started. I mean, you talk about getting football started. You think OU doesn't want to get students back on campus as bad as Lincoln Riley wants to get football players on a field? Like, they have to have it. No doubt about it. All right, uh, I think Josh uh, had a, a, a baby emergency or a kid emergency or something. Um, no, I'm back. Commitment I'm back. emergency. Oh, he's, back. he's just not telling us. It yes, is, is three there a commitment? Just happened. <laughs> yep, all five stars. Uh, outside of that, I mean, yeah, we're just we're just kind of cruising along, covering the recruiting. Uh, we'll talk to Lincoln today, as, as we've talked about. See what he has to say. I'm sure at some point we'll probably talk to Joe C again soon. Um, but it's, you know, lots of stuff 
just keeps coming out, but I think we're still, no matter who says what, we're still kind of right where I'm happy that the state is getting into phase two a little bit. I'm curious to see how it all goes. So I'm trying not to, you know, I don't know what I would do if I went to a store and I saw someone being a jerk to someone like wearing a mask. I would probably say something. I don't understand that. Just, let people wear masks if they're going to wear masks. If you yeah, don't want to wear a mask, I, I don't wear a really, mask. I haven't seen it. I haven't. I guess I haven't really projected myself into the being that position. But uh, yeah, I, I think that would be awkward, and I probably would. I would like to think I would say something, but I'm also a huge pussy when it comes to uh, confrontation, <laughs> so I probably wouldn't say something. I do all my talking on Twitter. What if it was a 90 pound junior high wrestler? Would you say something? I'd punch him in the fucking face. <laughs> been a while since you've attacked a junior high wrestler yeah I, I felt like that needed to get in i didn't want to do that during the uh during the quarantine but now that we're starting to break out a little bit i feel i feel a lot more confident have you uh, have you been out to a bar uh no I, I i think i'm probably i'm good on that for now but uh i don't know I might venture out at some point i need to eat in a restaurant i've been craving mahogany downtown here i think they're back open but Fancy, uh, fancy. Just, I honestly haven't really put myself into position to do that yet or to have to make that uh, decision. So, uh, in a way, it's been kind of nice. But uh, now, tomorrow is the day. So, I mean, yeah, everybody remembers the Kong's Tavern disaster. Like, are we going to have like a Fassler Hall disaster? I, I you know, I, I still don't know if there's everybody is opening. Like, just I don't think example, Jones is opening. I, yeah. I don't think the Jones Assembly will be opening for maybe at least another uh, another week, maybe even a month. I, I don't know the dates on that, but um, I, I think slowly but surely. And I, I think I said this uh, two weeks ago when things started to kind of open just in general here in the state. Uh, we're at May 15th or May 14th now. Like, I feel pretty good about how things are going, and uh, I'm kind of excited to see where we're going as well. Uh, just with the reopening of, uh, you know, basically sports in general. Uh, very interested in how golf returns, obviously. Uh, I know that there's a lot of U40 listeners that do the NASCAR stuff. Not much for me, but I know they race on Sunday, so um, I'm excited. I think the UFC thing has been good for a lot of people just to see something. I've actually watched some, not not staying up late, but during the days I've watched some Korean baseball. Yeah, the only reason I watch it, I'll be honest, is just because it's on in the mornings. Mm-hmm. But it's not its not terrible. I like watching those guys get up there and take hacks. They do take hacks, don't they? There is nobody looking to go the opposite way with an 0-2. Uh, <laughs> with a runner on They're second, yeah. Pull that and hit it about 500 feet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> outside of that, I have found a, uh, a, a streaming show that I'm happy with. What's that? The Boys on Amazon. The Boys. That is pretty what funny. is that about? It is superheroes. That's not, that's not the one about Sandusky, is no. it? No. <laughs> no. That's the superhero one? Yeah, the superheroes where the superheroes yeah. are all awful people. Yep. It's it's pretty funny. It's and NRQ. Had, we have not watched it yet. It's pretty good. I've I've been enjoying it. It's just, you guys watch, did anybody watch Dave? No, I, I really, that's kind of on my radar. Dave but is funny. I binged it. It's really good. You can watch the really whole thing good. already? 
Yeah, 10 episodes. Hmm. Yeah, that looks pretty it took, funny. It took a couple days, but I I don't know. I think uh, I think Little Dicky's very talented. <laughs> so he's a good rapper, actually? Oh, I mean, I, I think he's very talented and kind of a wordsmith. I don't know. I'm not a... Uh, <laughs> I don't know how I would classify him as a as a rapper. I think he's good though, but that's coming from a 33 year old white guy that was born in Oklahoma City and raised in Northwest Oklahoma City. So, to me, he's a good rapper, but I'm sure that people would disagree with that. I have found, from, a, from I, a very privileged set of eyes, he is he is a very good rapper. Yes, I have a very large Amazon order coming today. Like, you know how you order a bunch of stuff and some you get like one thing on one day and. Yes. It's like uh, it Ugh. just happens to be the day of days where everything I've ordered over the last three weeks is coming at once. It's mainly just kitchen crap. I, I, I said, have you guys bought anything like regretful during the stay at home stuff? Online? Yeah, I've been making Not yet. purchases. I've been making great purchases. <laughs> well, your crock pot was a good purchase. Oh, it was an unbelievable purchase. I should have had it years ago literally the the only things i regret are probably a couple of like like this the yard at the house we're renting is much bigger than the one we had at our old house and so we've been we're spending more time outside there's a covered patio they're just it's more fun to be outside than it used to be and so we've bought a couple of things like small kind of knickknacky toys for the girls to play with in the backyard and there's been a couple that let's just say weren't really well made um <laughs> so we kind of had to regret like we're like well that's 15 or 25 bucks or whatever just down the crapper because it's just cheap rubber and it's not well put together and two little girls destroy it and two girls and a dog destroy it in about 10 seconds i think i find it fascinating what fascinates people like i bought a pack of 22 brushes that attaches to a drill and people like lost their minds asking me does it work is that any good i want to get that like i never knew that people were so fascinated by brushes that you put into a drill what kind of like what is the purpose of said brushes well mainly to like get the soap scum off my shower okay okay yeah yeah and you know toilets always get some little spot that you can't remove unless you just get like a wire brush and go to town at least the, mine did. the bidet doesn't clean the, the toilet bowl? All right. <laughs> well, the problem was the toilet bowl was already pretty nasty before the bidet got here. So now that the bidet sits on top of it, and it's such a shining light of cleanliness, mm-hmm. the I get I got to get the bottom part of the toilet, you know, in order. Dr. Brush. And it's got the super long attachment so I can get down, deep down into the bowl. So we'll see. Well, you guys turned into a barrel of laughs at the end of the pod today. Appreciate that. <laughs> I just have nothing else to follow up on your I know. <laughs> I mean, your, your I mean, dirty, dirty Josh toilet. Josh the bottom of his toilet bowl in years. He lets Linda do that. <laughs> yeah, <That's>... I know. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she sure doesn't have any damn brushes that she can attach to my drill. Is she Keep that drill is she, away from my water, woman? Is she mad at you because now you live in apparently a giant house? No, we live in a. Oh, this house is much smaller. It's just the backyard is long. Is you know is so are you much bigger? 
do you have to have that talk with Linda about Linda? We're not paying you as much as house is smaller. Uh, no, I, I, we felt kind of bad because we paid her. So she came and cleaned our the house we sold the last time. We paid her a pretty good chunk to just kind of make one last clean through once we had moved everything out. Um, and that about made up for a couple of weeks where we had we had furloughed poor Linda. Um, <laughs> and now she, now she's back. But what's so funny is like the she the first time she came back was last week, and you could tell. Because once she's done, she always, you know, okay, I'm done, blah, blah, blah. And she'll kind of tell me. And then um, they will, um, and then she'll go. You know, she she'll call like, you like I, Mr. Josh because my question is very hard for her to say. No, I, I couldn't tell you that Linda knows my name. Like, I'm not even certain she knows my name. Because I, like, <laughs> we'll talk, and, you know, we talk a little bit when she first gets there. You know, hey, how you doing, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's very, very remedial stuff. And then... You know, she goes about, and we literally don't talk until it's time for her to leave. She just kind of goes and does her thing. So, but what I can say is the first time she came back, I was like, okay, we'll, we'll see you next week, Linda. And she was like, you could tell she was like, I thought I was just, I thought this was a one-time deal. Like, you could see in her face how glad she was to be able to come <laughs> back the next week. And you're like, wow, that, that, like, it's nice. That, like, something you could say that's so simple, and I expected to say it the whole time was was good news for her and pleased her so you know you don't get those kind of wins every day do you have, i think it's do you do you I send pronounced go ahead eddie i think it's pronounced mr yas mr yas mr yas i finished you could say that a little more feminine that would really work for me eddie <laughs> <laughs> yeah i do you send text to linda or is that your, your wife's job Tiffany. Tiffany communicates with her exclusively. Like, what's funny though is t uh, again, Tiffany adores Linda. She loves her. Like every day she comes home when the house is being cleaned, she's like, "This is Linda's been here." Like she's just happier for a little while. But what's funny is she's only met Linda like one time. Like, because Tiffany's gone when she's here at work. Like, I, I deal with her in person, and Tiffany, I I don't know that woman's phone number. Like, I wouldn't know how to get a hold of her if I had to. If she has a problem, she texts Tiffany. Um, but in person, they don't know each other at all. My uh, yard guy, he's he's he doesn't speak great English, and I'm looking at our last text exchange. It's really bizarre. Uh, so he 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 sent me a text and says, "Hey, I can start on Saturday." I said, I, "I can start on Saturday," and I said, "It definitely needs it. It's gotten long. If you can mow and clean up the front garden and clean up the tree limbs on the side, I can pay you this." I won't say what it was because uh, I lowball him. Uh, he says, yes, of course, see you on Saturday. And I said, great, hope you and your family are well. And this is his response. If you think goodbye, we are fine. <laughs> what? <laughs> I didn't even answer. I just let it be. If you think <laughs> goodbye, we are fine. Yes. And then the next week, he sent me a, a text message. Hello, you take cut out of tomorrow. And I just answered, yes, please come mow tomorrow if you can. And he just responded, okay. <laughs> yes, of I course. Mean, See you on, or if you think goodbye, we are fine. You know, I catch a lot of hell. I mean, my my Spanish employee can speak and text in perfectly fine English. So, I mean, I don't know where you're going shopping for your help, Carrie. But this How is... dare you? You're on as a saint. <laughs> And if you want his number, let me know. DM me. <laughs>
if you live in Norman specifically, because that means he'll come to Norman more if I can get him more more lawns to mow. Do you know how excited somebody is? Like somebody's like, I have the same lawn guy as Carrie. Like somebody is like, hey man, like six degrees of our lawn guy here. So well, if you have, uh, I would like you to screenshot some of your text exchanges with your on <laughs> and send them to me so we can compare notes. It's one. The only things I love to do, I love. Mostly. You do love that crap. Love it. Do you have like a riding lawnmower? Nope, never. I've always always had a push one. You, sir, didn't grow up mowing lawns like I did. My parents put me to work like a freaking factory worker. Everyone that they, everyone at their work that would that would what needed kind of, a, what kind of factory, a, like a Nike child factory. Or yes, like a I was a sweatshop. Yeah, you know, it was a. I was working my ass off during the summers mowing people's yards. I had like five or six lawns. Uh, one of them was uh, Buddy Ball, Eddie. Stan Ball's dad. No kidding. Yeah. I didn't realize that he was from Duncan. Yeah. So, there you go. It's like the more you know thing. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, okay, I think we're done here. Thanks to uh, Yoron and Linda. I think Yoron's taken, but if Linda's in need, maybe we can get them together sometime. That'd be cool. That that would be the that would be the proudest I've ever been of uh, working for Centerscoop.com. If we could get your lawn guy to meet Josh's maid, and then they have kids <laughs> and they name them Scoopers. <laughs> Sooner and Scoop would be their kids' names. Yeah, probably also be successful for the OU women's soccer team. Maybe they could go play for Courtney Paris too and play basketball. Be doing yeah, sports. we didn't even talk about that. Wow, what a hail mary that was. Um, yeah, my, I said this morning that my position on that is I have no position. So, do with that what you will. What has she been? I didn't even read any of it. Has she been coaching anywhere? I have no idea, but no. The most amazing thing that came out of all of it was in her bio. You know how many years she played in the WNBA? Three? Oh, no, she played a long time, didn't she? She played 10 years in yeah. the WNBA. Yeah, I remember seeing a roster a few years ago and seeing her on it, and I was like, wow, she's still playing in the league. I mean, good for her. Probably made a healthy living and maybe just wants to get back into basketball. So we shall see. Well, she can start out by recruiting some players that can play basketball. Because that no longer happens. On that side of the uh, aisle. (laughs) Yeah, that no longer happens at OU, apparently. Obviously. All right. Well, appreciate you guys. Uh, Appreciate all you guys out there listening. Uh, Remember, email Josh at josh at Soonerscoop.com if you're looking for a deal on Soonerscoop. Uh, As always, can't thank the subscribers enough for continuing to uh, support the product uh, and support Soonerscoop.com. And, uh, lots of recruiting stuff. We talked a lot about it early on, so a lot of stuff getting ready to happen. Uh, and I think I would say, Josh, would if things go down like we think they could go down this week, are we back to uh, Lincoln's uh, first official year in terms of uh, or what was it second what, what first class um, with uh, Theo and Jaden and I mean are, sure. are we in, we're in that t- territory, aren't yeah. we? Yeah. This has a class to be ranked, you know, like I've said, I, I based on the things I hear and the things I know, 
if this isn't a top five or six class, I'll be pretty surprised. I mean, th- this should be a pretty exciting run for OU fans from now till December or January, whenever signing period happens. That this is this should be good. So yeah, a lot of things uh, cooking on the recruiting trail, and uh, we'll continue to monitor what's going on with the college football season and the start, and what it's going to look like, and if it's going to start, when it's going to start. Dean Blevins. Just please stop tweeting. Someone take away his Twitter. Uh, it's not going to be till 2026 until college football returns. So there you go. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you guys back here again next week on the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com.